Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my sad girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a great week here. It is December 20th. 1997, it's the last episode of the year. Well, I mean, not technically, because we're still going to do two more episodes of 90210. Yes, but it's our last episode of the main show. Next week, everybody, get ready, strap in for the best of, the best of 1997. That should be fun and frivolous and frivolity and all that stuff. Isn't it crazy that that's going to be the fourth best of because it's the end of the fourth year? Technically, it's going to be the third best of because the first year I didn't do a best oh, of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. But, yes, it is weird that we have done four full seasons of our cool little show here. <laughs> We're going into 1998, Carol. Wow. Nine eight is great. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes, it does. You know what doesn't fly anymore and isn't fun and is very sad, Carol? Titanic. Yes, but <laughs> more sadness. I've got to start. I've got. To, this is going to be a sad sandwich because mm-hmm. we're going to start with sad. We'll have some fun in the middle, and we're going to end with sad. Christopher Farley, comedian, Saturday Night Live, dead. Oh, Yeah. Tragic. What happened? December 18th. Unfortunately, drugs happened. Oh. Unfor- oh, now you don't care. <laughs> now you're like, fucking good. No. Let him rot I care. I just didn't know. That's still sad. You were never the biggest fan. No. But a mixture of cocaine... And I believe alcohol. Uh, not a, not the combination you want, really. No, I would guess not. So, very sad. It's heartbreaking. Apparently, he did, I believe, one more movie or two more movies that will that are yet to be released. But oh wow! Yeah, but uh, yeah, just tragic. It's. Chris Farley was one of my favorites, and I liked a lot of his movies. Tommy Boy. Meh. Black Sheep. Meh. Yeah, I know. I know you didn't like it. I know you're glad. I am not. I'm not a mean person. Jeez, I'm still sad he's dead. Yeah, well, tell it to his family. Uh, Anyway, who's sorry now, Carol? You. The most recent public apology comes from Latrell Sprewell, all-star guard for the Golden State Warriors, who was fired by his team and suspended by the NBA for a year for allegedly choking his coach. Oh, no. Yeah, good old Latrell Sprewell. Uh, Do you buy it? Can you forgive him? I don't really care. He didn't choke me. And what about (laughs) all the other people who have apologized this year for everything from drunken driving to underage liaisons? Oh, my. It's a hell of an apology. Let us know. We'll use your responses in a future story. And if we don't, we'll be really sorry. Hilarious. 
Uh, here are the apologies. So Latrell Sprewell, the incident, according to witnesses, Sprewell, known for being disagreeable. Wow. <laughs> grabbed, I'd say so. <laughs> grabbed coach PJ Carlissimo, known for being a big yeller, by the throat and threatened to kill him. Sprewell followed up by punching him 15 minutes later. The Warriors fired Sprewell. The NBA has suspended him for a year. The apology. Uh, I know this conduct. This, these are quotes. The, when I say the apology, the apologies are always going to be quotes from the okay. person. I know this conduct is not acceptable in society and professional sport. I accept responsibility for what I've done. Then Sprewell says he does not think he should be suspended from the NBA. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's nothing says uh, I accept responsibility more than, and I don't think I should be punished. Right. <laughs> Tim Allen. Arrested by Bloomfield Township Police in May for drunken driving after a golf outing at Oakland Hills Country Club. It's a very nice uh, golf course there. He needs to get his shit together. No shit. He pleaded guilty to a reduced charge of impaired driving. It was the first alcohol-related offense for Allen, who did time in prison on a drug charge many years ago. Right. He did. Cocaine. Uh, quote, my inexcusable lapse in judgment is a mistake that is embarrassing to myself, my family, and my associates. I have learned from this experience, and I'm fortunate that my family and associates have forgiven me. Good. Well, good for you. Uh, the Detroit Police Department wrongfully fingered... Oh, that's not... <laughs> wow. That is not a phrase. <laughs> Wrong, wrongly fingered an elderly West Bloomfield Township couple as drug kingpins in August and froze $30,000 in their bank accounts. And drilled into their safety deposit box. William and Eleanor Schwartz realized something was amiss when their checks started bouncing. Aw, an elderly couple? That's awful. Quote, we certainly regret any inconvenience we caused. (laughs) (laughs) Said Lieutenant George Anthony, head of the Detroit Police Department's forfeiture section. I wonder if they'll get anything for that. Like, I wonder if they'll get any kind of compensation or, you know, for pain and suffering do they just get to freeze anyone's bank accounts they want and be like oh well we apologize here's your money back they uh they should at least pay their bank fees because you know there's got to be bank fees yeah here's one here's 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 a big one okay i i don't know we didn't i don't believe we we reported this story when it came out but uh fuzzy zeller professional golfer it's sports so i'm pretty sure i was uh, browbeaten into not talking about it. <laughs> Called Masters champion Tiger Woods, who, as I'm sure most people know, is black or Cablin Asian, whatever, part black. Quote that little boy in April and urged him not to, re- to not to request fried chicken or collard greens. Oh my! Because the winner gets to choose what they eat at the Masters ceremony. Uh, let's see. As a result, Zeller lost major sponsorships. Quote, I am a jokester. <laughs> it's really not uh, great to start your apology with, uh, I am a jokester. I am a jokester. It's too bad that something I said in jest was turned into something it's not. But I didn't mean anything by it, and I'm sorry if I offended anybody. If Tiger is offended, I apologize to him too. I have nothing but the utmost respect for Tiger as a person and an athlete. Yeah, that's a shitty... Uh, apology. Yeah. Janet Daly, romance novelist, plagiarized the work of romance novelist Nora Roberts. Oh my god. 
That's a pretty big one. Yeah. I can only apologize to Nora, whom I've considered a friend. All right. Uh, Marv Albert, accused of biting and forcing longtime lover Victoria Perhatch to perform a sex act in a hotel room in February. See, he pleaded guilty to assault and battery in return. Prosecutors dropped a felony sodomy charge. Holy shit. Yeah. Marv Albert's a sports broadcaster like he does, or he did, the uh, New York Knicks and stuff. He's known for saying, yes! But his uh, partner apparently said, no! And he didn't respect that. I I don't really know how you're making that, like... (laughs) funny because i mean it's that i'm just i'm i'm like traumatized over here hearing that this man bit and sodomized a woman against her will right and and you're like no. Do you want to hear his apology yeah i've known miss perhatch for 10 years we've had this relationship i'm sorry if she felt she was harmed huh? in the past what the fuck in there in the past there was consensual biting on this particular evening, I did not realize until her testimony that she felt she was harmed for that. I am sorry. He thought it was consensual biting. What the fuck? Oksana Bayul, a figure skater. After running her Mercedes into a patch of trees in Connecticut in January, she received a concussion, 12 stitches, and a drunken driving charge. And she, you know, gives a, you know, it was horrible what I did, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Kennedy. It says American royalty. That's what they call him. <laughs> He's a member of the Kennedy family. Accused of having an affair with his children's underaged babysitter. Ew. The prosecutor dropped an investigation in July due to lack of evidence after the babysitter refused to cooperate. Great. Uh, wow. <laughs> nice job, Michael Kennedy. Jesus Christ. Uh, quote, I know that I know that will be difficult, but I hope that in time the babysitter's family will forgive me. Mm-hmm. I also hope that my they wife won't. and children will forgive me, and they I won't either. Her and deserve their confidence again. Nope, that's an admission, basically, right? Yeah, I, I fucked the underage babysitter. Yeah, if the, if he wants them to forgive him, then he's admitting he did something wrong, and probably paid her off so she wouldn't testify against him because they got money. Uh, Mike Tyson, boxer, bit off part of the ear of opponent Evander Holyfield during July boxing match and has been banned from boxing. Wow. That is fucking psycho shit right there. Bit his ear off. I mean, like... Said he was going to kill his children and stuff, too, apparently. Oh, my God. Or eat his children or something. Was he on drugs at the time? Like, who acts like that? He's a psychopath. Uh, Quote, I apologize to the world. That's his apology. Mm-mm. Gray- the world doesn't forgive you. Right. The Greyhound Bus Company. After celebrating her birthday with her daughters, 80-year-old Antonio Sabrina boarded a Greyhound home to Tampa, Florida with her present, with her present a seven-week-old Pekingese named Cookie. <laughs> the driver discovered the dog, sold Sabri- told Sabrina animals were not allowed, and put her and the dog off near Ocala, Florida at 3 a.m. That's That sucks. Yeah. Greyhound officials apologized, suspended the driver, and gave Sabrina a refund and a voucher for a new ticket. <laughs> okay. So, the question is, Carol, can you forgive? Do you think that these apologies meet the muster? And no. 
What do you think about celebrity apologies in general? I think that they're usually not genuine, and they're usually just, you know, trying to save face or say whatever they think people want to hear. But you know what's always genuine? These ads from us. Listen to this. Hi, everybody. It's your favorite podcasters, Mark and Carol from Retro Leafy Podcast. Hey, what's up? We're just popping in here real quick to let you know about our Patreon Patreon.com slash Retro Late Fee. Do you love Retro Late Fee and just wish there was always more? Because there is more over there. We've got Back into the Future, where we talk about stuff from nowadays. Right. We've, we've got Lost in Time, One Day, One Year, and we record our thoughts on that like it's the regular podcast. Maybe what we'll do Shakespeare someday. Exactly. <laughs> and as a special for you guys... If we get 100 Patreon subscribers, Carol, tell them what they'll get. Some of you have asked about bringing back the mixtape. The mixtape is where we talk about music that's popular 25 years ago. And it was actually one of my favorite segments to make. So I would love it if you guys would subscribe so we can make it again. Yeah, if we get 100 Patreon subscribers, we will bring back the mixtape. So go to patreon.com slash retro late fee. Help support us and this uh, beautiful creation that we put out for you every week. So we can keep making more and more episodes. Soon it'll be every day. All right, now back to your regularly scheduled program. Later. Uh, so, Titanic. Yes, Titanic. That was a kick in the gut, huh? It's it's a movie. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really, really good movie. It's just, oh my God, it's so so many emotions. So, this is a movie that costs $200 million to make. Wow. More than it costs to build the Titanic. That's insane. They built a replica Titanic for mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, they spent another $200 million marketing the movie. So they spent $400 million on the movie. Wow. Now it's opened at number one. I don't know if this movie can make back that huge of a budget or not, but we'll see, I guess. Uh this movie is three hours and 15 minutes long. It didn't feel like it. It's a huge, sprawling, period, drama, romance movie. It should absolutely fail. <laughs> this movie should be bad. It should be boring. It should be The English Patient oh, God. meets Waterworld. Wow. That's what this movie should be. And somehow, against every odd that you could have, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. I don't really understand how they pulled this off. I mean, the acting is very good. Leonardo DiCaprio, who's a person that was on growing pains... I mean, he's been on lots of other stuff, like What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He was in that What's Eating Gilbert Grape movie, which was fine. Yeah. And... But he was amazing in it. He was fine in it. He's he's good in this movie. The standout for me is uh, Kate Winslet. Yeah, she's very pretty. She was in a movie called Heavenly Creatures, directed by Peter Jackson. And she was in that Kenneth Branagh uh, Hamlet movie. Yeah. She, she was Ophelia. But 
I've heard a lot of people talk about her weight. Really? And how... Are they high? Overweight she is. What? Yeah, it's pretty crazy to me, but uh, that's apparently something that people are saying. Well, people are wrong. Yeah, I agree. She looks beautiful in this. Uh, I'll tell you what, she puts the first three letters in the movie. Oh, jeez. That's awful. Come on. I did not expect... I did not expect... I love how fucking offended you are. I did not expect there to be nudity in this PG-13 movie. Well... But there is. Yeah, and it's tasteful, though. Yes, tasteful nudity, I agree. What a tasteful nude. (laughs) But, you know, there is... There is... She's... she's, uh, Yeah, you get to see her boobs. She's quite a beautiful woman. And she is beautiful. Uh, but I think she is the standout, as I said, in the movie. I think that Leonardo DiCaprio does a fine job. He's good in the movie. Well, you're looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. Because they're both amazing. I don't know why you're like, oh, she's better than him. She was not better than him. I would, well, first of all, I disagree. Let me finish my point. Second of all, I, I don't, I would not say he was amazing in the movie. He was good in the movie. He's good in this role. And I know all the girls are going to be like, ooh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's so cute. It's, he's not just cute, though. Yeah. Here's the thing. His character is written as very sensitive. He, he knows exactly what to say to women and stuff like that, and he's good looking. So, of course, all the teenage girls' hearts are going to melt all around the world. She has a harder job in this movie. When you're talking about acting, she has a more difficult job in this film in portraying a a range of emotions. Okay. And a specific attitude that she has to have. And she kills it. I think she does extremely well. Yeah, I agree. She does. In a variety of different scenes. Her scenes have more depth to them, I think. Okay. He doesn't have that many scenes without her. She no. has more. She's in the movie more than he is. Yes, for sure. The movie's about her. Yeah. Really. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think she did a great job. Obviously, James Cameron's a great director. Yes. This movie, I think part of the reason, I, this is going to be a forensic examination of why this movie works, because it really shouldn't work. <laughs> But I think one of the reasons why this works is because this movie is more than one thing. Right. It pulls off multiple things. There, at the core of the movie is a romance story between Jack and Rose. Mm-hmm. And that works because of the chemistry of the leads and, and the, right, you know, the writing's great, the, the acting's great, directing's great. All the, all, all the cinematography is fantastic. All the 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 bones of the movie are a a plus, mm-hmm. but so that that works that that love story and you feel for these people. It's also an action movie, like an action disaster movie. Right? There's a section of the movie that's action disaster because it's it's telling the real story of uh, you know the Titanic. It works as a history period piece, sure, in, in ways. And it works as a slobs versus snobs movie. 
where it's, you know, we're the plucky, like, fucking downtrodden people, and look at the upper-crust assholes. Right. Because everybody that's, that's portrayed in a positive light, positive light in this movie is working class. And everyone that's portrayed in a negative light is the upper crust. Well, except for uh, Molly Brown, but she started out working class. That's so. the thing is Molly Brown is rich, but not accepted. New she's, money. She's allowed to be there because to, in you know first class and stuff because she has money. So she's welcome into the club, but they all hate her. Right. And all the women talk about like, oh, my God, we don't want to hang out with her. Yeah. Because she is working class. The unsinkable Molly Brown. Her husband lucked into a fucking gold mine, mm-hmm. essentially, and that's how they got their money. But that's, uh, so that that's, it's a very, so it, it somehow makes it work, all these different genres rolled into one. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's, there's so much going on in this movie, like, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, so, what do you think? I love the movie, and I'm angry because of the way that it ended. I don't think it should have ended so sadly. It was very unfair. Okay. I mean, let me back it up because, yeah, it's a tragedy. But mm-hmm. I mean the love story part. Okay. I mean, and, yeah, that's what makes a romance work or whatever. But Leonardo DiCaprio shouldn't have died. Correct. Well, here's the thing. I don't know... It's not the same story if he lives, obviously. Right. And I don't think... Maybe it wouldn't have worked if he'd lived. Yeah. It's easy to be a teenager on a boat (laughs) and fall in love with some dude who dies and then, you know, romanticize that as the love of your life or whatever. But it's harder to actually make a life together. Right. Meanwhile, she married some dude... Had kids, had grandkids. She's 102 years old or whatever as she's telling the story to, mm-hmm. to Bill Paxson and his crew. Yeah, she's got a, a grown-ass granddaughter. And yet, no mention of him other than like a throwaway line, oh, I married this dude. It's like, what the fuck? Was that not the love of, was that not a love of your life too? Well, and then she also says that she never talked about Jack with anyone, even her husband. Here's Which, the, that seems messed up. Here's the thing. I hate Rose. You hate Rose? Mostly, I hate her. Wow. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Rose is not a good person. What? And I don't know if it's from her fucking, uh, you know, upbringing or what. But the the backstory of Rose and her family is their dad died and left them with a bunch of debt. He was a... So he was part of a prominent family, rich at one point or whatever. He died and left them with a bunch of debt. So she needs to be fucking married off to Billy Zane. Wearing the world's stiffest wig <laughs> that I've ever seen on a human being. Uh, and so that's that's kind of their story. She doesn't want to be, right? Right. First of all, doesn't want to suck it up to help her family. I think that's kind of selfish. What? <laughs> But anyway, so here's the stuff I don't like about Rose, okay? Okay. She she has him, she has an affair with Jack, so she cheats on her fiancé without breaking up with him. Uh, 
Then she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the nude painting, the nude picture that you drew of me. I'm going to put it in the fucking safe for him and leave a little note for him. Not thinking like, oh, that's going to come back on Jack. And right. All. Like she totally fucked him over. Yeah, I, I think that was not a, a good choice. She climbs up on the the door once the tragedy happens. She fucking, he saves her life. She gets up on the door and she's like, just chill in the water. You'll be fine. Doesn't, doesn't like say, hey, maybe we should take turns on the door. Nothing like that. Like, nothing like, hey, do, why don't you try to come up on the door with me? Do you really Hey, maybe think... you should take my fucking uh, life jacket while I'm on the door. Would that help you? But it wouldn't have. He still would have frozen to death. She fucking calls Bill Paxson when she sees him on TV <laughs> so that she can arrange to come to his research vessel he spent three years of his life looking for this diamond. It has been his big obsession, all he's ever wanted, right? She comes there so she can see her fucking picture again that uh, that Jack drew mm-hmm. and be and tell everybody, hey, that's me. Didn't I look uh, good? Now listen, now sit here and listen to my fucking story. Tells her life story on this uh, on this boat. Travels with all this fucking luggage because she can't be without her pictures and stuff. Did you notice her pictures at the end? All her pictures was of her. <laughs> who, not her family, not her kids, not her husband. Who has, who carries around like 15 framed photographs of just you but- and stuff you've done? How egotistical is that? Then at the end of the entire movie, she's got the diamond Bill Paxson's been looking for, and she's like, oh, throw into the fucking ocean. Who gives a fuck about him or his dreams or anything like that? I'm just going to throw it into the ocean. I don't need it. That's, wow. that's, a rich, that's a rich woman's response right there. Let me throw this priceless diamond into the fucking ocean. Fuck everyone else. I don't think she's a good person. Can I just say, though, that the fucking pictures aren't because she's, like, vain or whatever. It's because that they're using that to tell the, her story. They're using that to show us, like, char- look at the things that she did. Uh, okay, but you, the character made that decision. That's how you have to read it. You can't just be like, oh, it's like, you know, like, otherwise the, the whole movie falls apart. Well, Leonardo DiCaprio was in the water because his character had to die. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> Like, her her character made that choice. That's how you're painting that character. Then, by the way, this is my interpretation, she dies warm in her bed like Leonardo DiCaprio asked her to when she was, when she was old, and she goes to the afterlife. Now, either way, she's, this portrays her as not a good person. Okay. If it's a dream or if it's the actual afterlife, mm-hmm. I think she's dead. She goes to the afterlife. Her version of the afterlife is imprisoning all these fucking people that died on the Titanic in the fucking Titanic. Hey, remember this this fucking tragedy that happened to you and you died and you, you and your kids died and stuff like that? 
There's your afterlife. Like, if you died, like, uh, crashing into a mountain in a fucking plane, would you want your heaven to be on a plane? Um, no. Excuse so, me. Wait, wait a second. I'm not done. Oh, so why would, why would these people, you know, want to be on the Titanic? Fucking Leonardo DiCaprio is there waiting at the clock. She comes up to him at the clock. They kiss. Everyone claps. It's all about her in heaven. Like, everyone's like, we're just here to stand, and, and we were just waiting for you. We're just here to stand and clap because of your great love story, and you're the star of our afterlife, and no one gives a fuck about us. And, by the way, where's her husband? Where's the person that stood behind, beside her for years, helped fucking raise kids with her, provided a house, a family, all this stuff. Where is he? Is he waiting in a fucking afterlife gas station, like uh, looking at his watch? Well, I wonder where Rose is. Well, guess what? She's fucking Jack. That's where she is. Okay, are you done? She's not in charge of that. If you think that she's dead, she's not God. She didn't imprison them there. They're there, and she went down to join them. But I mean, like... Yeah, it's one way to look at it, but I mean, really, because it is so Rose-centric, mm-hmm. I think it probably was more of a dream well, than the afterlife. That makes it even worse, because she was in charge of that dream. <laughs> but that's just, I mean, like, she's there. Of course she's going to dream it. I think Rose is an egotistical, selfish, vain person. Wow. I think she has a ton of negative character traits. Let me ask you a question. Other than Jack... Who did she help in in the entire story? Like when the disaster was happening and stuff like that, did she help anybody? Did she do anything to try to save anybody else? Or did she punch people in the face and like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. Was she a hero in any way? Molly Brown stood up and was like, Hey, fucking save these people. And they were like, shut the fuck up or we'll throw you over the over Rose the board. didn't say that. And Rose was in the water dying. She was like one of the people that she wanted to go save. I know. But what I'm saying is like there were other people who were portrayed heroically. Yeah. She wasn't one of them. Okay. I don't think she was a very good person. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just saying. Weirdo. I have a lot of problems with Rose. I, I hear I mean, like, I feel very sympathetic towards her character because she's in a really shitty situation and she's just young and trying to, like, Mm -hmm. figure it out. Like, she's 102 now. (laughs) She doesn't have much of an excuse anymore. (laughs) Why did she have to throw that diamond away? She was just giving it back. Giving it back to who? To Jack? I don't know. Here you go. To the ocean where it should have been. Like, that's where they thought it was. When she said that Billy, that badass Billy Zane shot himself. Heckley. After the uh, Cal, whatever, yeah. After the, uh, the, the stock depression thing happened, yeah. She has the, the, the barest whisper of a smile on her face. Yeah. She's, she's, she's happy <laughs> that someone committed suicide. I think that's awful that... He was one of the few men who managed to get onto a boat. Mm. And then 15 years later, he shoots himself. Yeah. 
Like, you managed to survive the Titanic. You you don't have the right to kill yourself. I agree. It's selfish of him. Yeah. He was an asshole. He was a, ter- he was a terrible person. Yeah. He was abusive. And he's got some fucking goon working for him, David Warner, who we just saw in Scream 2 for one scene. And yeah. he's, he's in this movie as well. I don't blame her for cheating on him. Not in any way. No, that's, I mean, that was, that was like, easy to kind of, you know, pile on with. But, yes, I agree. You know, once, once you slap your fiancé and, like, you know, throw a table in front of her and scream at her and stuff like that, then, yeah, if she cheats on you, I mean, it's kind of not on her anymore. Well, I mean, that's what he's doing on a cruise ship in front of fucking people working there, even. So who knows what he would... And, like, I have a question. When he says to her, you are my wife in action, if not yet in law or whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. Does that mean that they're fucking? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not sure what exactly he meant by that. I don't think a guy like that would restrain himself from having sex with her. So I think he did have sex with her, yeah. Yeah. That makes me sad. But it, it makes sense, because, I mean, she certainly doesn't act like a virgin. Fuck no. <laughs> Put your hands on me, Jack. Right, yeah. A virgin doesn't steam up the back of a fucking Model A <laughs> and slap their hand against it. <laughs> yeah, she was very aggressive. Very sexually aggressive. That was weird. That's also weird for a woman of her time, yes. Yeah. I mean, does that, that doesn't make you not like her. That's one of the few things you don't hate about her, right? No, I think that's fine. She's a progressive, progressive woman. I'm not saying that her entire... I don't hate her as a character, and I'm not saying that her entire character is bad. I'm saying I have some problems Mm -hmm. with her character, and I I think the movie wants to portray her as, like, angelic or whatever, and I don't think she's that. I think she is a deeply, deeply flawed character. (laughs) Like, I think she has a lot of flaws. And and maybe that's on purpose. Because it, it juxtaposes with the Titanic itself. I mean, they bring her on the ship, and one of the first things they do is show a computer rendering of the Titanic disaster. And they're like, uh, hey, fucking check this out. Remember this tragedy that you fucking lived through? Well, here's exactly how it happened, and here's all the... And they kind of go through this, and they're like, this is so cool, isn't it? Like, yeah. Real cool, asshole. All the people I saw die. Right. And, you know, that's she kind of tells the story after that. The cool thing about that is they kind of go through exactly physically everything. that's They break down very clinically everything that's going to happen. So as it starts happening, we know exactly what else is going to happen. Like the, 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 when the, when the back of the ship, because they're on the back of the ship, when it breaks and the back of the ship starts to come up, we're like... You know, we're thinking, oh, they told us that was going to happen. The ship's going to go up and bounce up and down like a fork before it sinks to the the ocean. So we know exactly the process of what's going to happen, which is a nice little kind of foreshadowing, like, tool so that we we know what to expect next. And somehow Jack knew exactly what was going to happen. Well, Jack watched that presentation. (laughs) Right. Uh, But, yeah, so so that, that happens first. But... We juxtapose this clinical dry, hey, here's what happened, here's the history, like a very dry history textbook. This happened, this happened, this happened. 
And then we get to see it all in action, and we get to see people falling. We get to see people holding their babies, Ugh. freezing in water. We get to see Don't guys. Remind me about that. Story. We get to see guys falling and then hitting the back of the propeller and fucking spinning around a thousand times. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. Um, but like, we get to see all this. Like, it, it brings it to life. Mm-hmm. And like Bill Paxson says, he's like, you know, I've been I've been thinking about the Titanic for all these years. And I never really understood the totality of it and the tragedy of it and all this stuff. Yeah. And it kind of does. It does that. It brings this tragedy into a really sharp focus. Because there's a lot of sad shit that goes on. There's, there's the happy romance part of the movie. It's almost like in two, two halves. Oh, yeah. And then there's... The back half is the now everyone's going to die and it's fucking tragedy. And look at this mom putting her two kids Mm-mm. to bed and, and reading them a story about how, uh, you know, they're going to stay young and beautiful for eternity and stuff. Ugh, little do they like, know, so sad. Little do they know they're going to have to stand at the bottom of a staircase and fucking clap when two assholes <laughs> uh, kiss in their afterlife. Again, Rose does not have control over the afterlife. So do you think that that you think that's a dream? I don't know, kind of. I mean, and it either it's a dream or she died and they were welcoming her because they've all been there and she's just now joining them, which would kind of make sense, I guess. Okay. So they're there to clap her and say, "Hey, you know, welcome. Welcome to Titanic in uh, the afterlife." This fucking dude's been waiting here for a long time at this <laughs> clock. Just wasting his afterlife, just wasting his eternity. But I agree that it's kind of weird to think that she wouldn't see her husband. It's also kind of weird to think that, like I said, if you died on the Titanic, your afterlife is being on the Titanic? Why? That's so cruel. (laughs) You died in a house fire? Well, here it is, a fireplace. That's your afterlife. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's no, that's no good. So, I don't know. I that My interpretation was that was supposed to be an afterlife. They show her sleeping, and it's like foreshadowed by, hey, you're going you're gonna to die warm in your bed mm-hmm. when you're an old woman. So, it seems like it's kind of foreshadowing that. And she but, was 102. Yeah, good for her. Uh, Jack mentions that he and his dad, uh, they fished in. Ice fishing, yeah. yeah ice fishing in Lake Wasada. In Wasaka in uh, Chippewa Falls. Yeah, Wisconsin, which is a real lake that really exists there. Okay. It is a man made lake hmm. that wasn't made until five years after the Titanic. Oh, sack. really? <laughs> Oops. So that's a, that's a, uh, you know, incontinuity. Did Just, you? Discontinuity. Flip and like look this up in the encyclopedia or whatever. Yes, I, like, went, to the, you, I, yes, I went to the encyclopedia under W, correct? Wow. Yep. That's the kind of effort he puts into this. Fuck yes. I also <laughs> did some research on the Titanic. Apparently the the captain was pretty much 100% responsible for this disaster. Oh, yeah. Well, they were full steaming ahead, mm-hmm. which, like, in the movie, they kind of depicted as like, hey, let's fucking break this record. Uh, that was just kind of standard procedure back then, was to, to go full speed ahead when you were going across the Atlantic. So... I mean, nothing really out of the ordinary there. But they were warned by several ships that had passed by the area, hey, there's a lot of icebergs out here. You might want to be careful. 
and he ignored all those warnings. Yeah, if I was getting those warnings, I don't think I'd be full steaming ahead. I think I might, you know, stop until there's light and you can see again. Right. He uh, he also, one, one ship hit uh, an iceberg head on, but was still able to complete its journey. Did he know that? Was th- he told that? I think so, yeah. Holy shit. And he, he said that he was quoted as saying that he could not see a situation where hitting an iceberg would cause the ship to sink, saying that he believed that shipbuilding had, had grown beyond the need to be worried about icebergs. What an arrogant bastard. And the, the, a lot of things transpired exactly the way it had to in order for this to sink. Like, if they had hit the iceberg head-on, they probably would have been okay. There would have Some people may have been killed because of collision and stuff like that. But the ship most likely wouldn't have sank. The fact that it shore off, shorn off uh, the the sides right. that it did and allowed so much water to come in so fast is really the big the the big thing that uh, led to the flooding of the compartments that led to it actually capsizing or not capsizing but sinking. Uh, whatever they call, I can't remember what they call it. They, they use the term in the movie, too, but I can't remember what it is. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. There's a term for, for sinking, but I can't remember what it is. Anyway, uh, so, you know, that, that had to happen exactly like that. And the lifeboat situation, there were not enough lifeboats. Because and, they didn't want it to be too crowded on the deck. Right. What the fuck kind of reasoning is that? Also, the Titanic was the biggest ship at the time. Uh, but... They, uh, they didn't, um, they, if you look at it now and compared to modern Mm. ships, it looks like a fucking rowboat. You know what? Mm. I don't think it would have mattered though if they'd had more lifeboats because they didn't get bodies in all the lifeboats they did have. Yeah, correct. They, they didn't, they didn't go, they didn't go as soon as they should have. No. They didn't start to evacuate as soon as they should have started evacuating. Um... But yeah, terrible tragedy. Uh, there was one other thing I was going to mention. Oh, uh, despite the fact that it says Titanic and Liverpool underneath it, they didn't go from Liverpool. <laughs> People weren't talking like this, so well, we're all the Beatles. One of the Beatles. <laughs> um, they went uh, from Southampton near, oh, okay. near Liverpool, but... Apparently, that's where they went through. Well, maybe the thing was made in Liverpool, whatever it was. Well, it was made in Ireland by the <laughs> Irish. So the the real... Uh, the re- but its its headquarters was Liverpool. That's most of the white lines went out of Liverpool. Or white star lines went out of Liverpool. Okay. But, um, yeah, that leads us to the real villains of the movie. The Irish. What? <laughs> who, built, who built the ship. With their big Irish hands. As they say. No, I think just the entire attitude of having an unsinkable ship is just so arrogant. Agreed. I think, do you think that at any time the David Warner character was a little bit overboard? Like when he's pulling gun, his gun out and shit like that? Well, I mean, I think that once Rose was clear that she was leaving for Jack, um, she put his life in danger, and I think that he would have killed him. I mean, they ended up getting arrested, but I, I think 
killing him was a distinct possibility. Yeah. Especially, like, she's laughing. She's laughing and they're running, like, oh, this is so funny. We're mm-hmm. running from this guy. Right. What did she think he's going to do when he caught them? Yeah, exactly. It wasn't going to be good. No. It wasn't going to be ha-ha funny. Right. He would have slapped Jack in the back. And like, <laughs> you really got one over on me. Right. I just was running after you to congratulate you. But, yeah, I do. I wonder. I do kind of wonder, like, what was his intention? Yeah. Uh, any? Did you have any problems with the movie? No. No? Perfect film, in your in your opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, except for, like, at the end. I, I really wish that Jack had survived, too. And, really? I mean... You think that would have made a better movie? I don't know. It just seems so unfair that he did everything for her, and then he died. Exactly. He did everything for her. You're right. But it's because he loves her. Yeah, she fucking... She, yeah, I keep doing stuff for me. <laughs> She's selfish. <laughs> But, I mean, I think if, like, she hadn't done what she did by laying on that thing, that she would have died. Like, if they'd taken turns, she probably would have frozen to death. Probably. So, I mean, she did the right thing, even though it sucked. Maybe she should have gotten in the water and let him get on the thing. Maybe he should have lived. Okay, but... he could have been 102 years old and been like, I want to tell you about Rose. (laughs) And then, like, uh, told the story and been like, by the way... Took this the whole time. Here you go. This is what you've been looking for. I help people out. <laughs> I care about you and what you're, t- what you're doing. Think about it, The world might have been a better place if Jack had lived instead of Rose. Right. But, I mean, I'm sorry. Chivalry was a thing back then. Like, that's why most of the lifeboats were women and children. And, you know, of course he would got the woman up on the door. Like, that's just the way it was. Jack would have, Jack would have uh, met Hitler in... Uh, when he was still in art school and been like, uh, hey, there, Adolf, don't worry that you, you didn't get into that art school. I mean, uh, hey, come on. The uh, the Jews never did anything to you. Let's go have a beer. I'll, I'll show you how to play poker. Oh and goodness. then Adolf Hitler would have been a famous poker player. World War II wouldn't have happened. Right. What do you think about that? Sure. Okay. I'm going to make a movie that's an alternate. No, what would you, would you call it? I'm going to make a fan fiction that's an alternate <laughs> history of Jack living instead of Rose and how much better the place the world would have been. Right. Selfish. <laughs> but I guess Rose then wouldn't have gotten to fly in a fucking biplane and I have a picture of it that she can look at every night. I remember when I was in a biplane. Let me tell you a three-hour story about how I uh, came to fly this biplane. <laughs> I am interested in that story. Are you? I am. Okay. The continuing adventures of Titanic 2, the continuing <laughs> adventures of Rose. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but it was it was a good movie. I liked it overall. I, I, th- I don't know if I would say it's 100% of a perfect film, but it's pretty damn close. It's a really good movie. I think it's one we, would, we'll, we might see again. We don't see... We don't see movies multiple times in the theater often, but I could see us seeing it again. And it's like three hours and 15 minutes long, and I it it flew by. I wouldn't mind sitting through it again. Yeah. yeah it, it, it was definitely, it moved at a clip. It does, it does not feel three hours long. No, not at all. No. But anyway, that is uh, the show, I think, right? You got anything else to say about Titanic? No, I guess not. Kate Winslet's Titanic? <laughs> it just made me very sad. It, it's a, it's sad in, in a lot of places. For there sure. was a lot of crying. You were crying a lot. 
There was a lot of crying. I didn't cry at all, but you were crying a lot. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with you. Well, you know, I've, I cry at movies sometimes. It just didn't, it didn't, it was sad. I felt sad, but it didn't hit me like that. There will be another boat for the daddies. This boat's for the mommies and the children. <laughs> like, oh my God. I know, it's sad. Oh. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so that is the episode for the week and for the year. We will not see you again until we see you in uh, 1998, everybody. Well, I mean, you know, unless you listen to 90210, in you which case listen. we will. You should <laughs> listen to the 90210 show. Yeah. But you keep undercutting my message of this is the last of the main shows for the year. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, Happy New Year, y'all. Uh, Carol, why don't you tell people everything they need to know before 1998? You can write us at latefee1994 at AWOL.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yes. And tell your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.